listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And welcome on in to episode number 127 Big week this week on the program. Coming up in just a little bit, our special guest for the week. He's become one of the best wrestlers in the Chicagoland area over the last couple of years. And he's the newly crowned freelance world champion, as well as the freelance underground independent champion, Storm Grayson, will be joining us in just a little while. But first things first, we'll hit some national news real quick, and plenty on the local scene as well, right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up, turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks. And you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah. All right. Welcome back to Windy City Slam Podcast. And like I said before, coming up, very excited to have on for the very first time, freelance world champion, freelance underground independent champion, Storm Grayson will be joining us in just a little bit. First off, NXT's Great American Bash was this past Tuesday night, July the 5th, on USA Network. One local item out of that to hit. And congratulations to Cora Jade winning the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships with her partner, Roxanne Perez. They defeat Toxic Attraction of Gigi Dolan and JC Jane for those titles. And Cora Jade, as we well know on this program, Local products, Chicago area native, in fact, Plainfield. Incredible rise over the past four years of her career. In fact, not even four years yet, but more like three and a half. She is now champion. And I did the research on this. For the first time in her career, she holds a championship belt. She didn't even win a championship on the Chicago Indies, but she impressed so much in the area And was signed to NXT last January. And now she's on top of NXT along with Roxanne Perez, the former Roxy. And once again, congratulations to Cora and Roxanne on winning those titles. 
local scene, let's take a look at a few of the happenings from this past weekend. And we're going to go north of the border first. And this was Friday, July the 8th. Fourth Wall Wrestling, Top Guy, Marman, at Buena Vista Banquets up in Milwaukee. And the results are courtesy of my good friend and WindyCitySlam.com contributor, High Five Tom of the Midwest Wrestling Roundup Podcast. Let's take a look at the show. We had Mr. Havens defeating Teabag Trevor Gordon with a big splash from the second rope. I can't make that up, folks. Teabag Trevor Gordon takes the big L there. Five-way elimination match. The Prince of Lucha, Juan Hernandez, outlasts Vape God Fletch Malone, Marvelous Ethan Matthews, Buck Nasty, and the debuting Acrobat Adair. Jared Jacks defeats Christian Rose via an illegal low blow behind referee Jerry Gummo's back. Aesop Mitchell defeats the debuting Hartenbauer, and you may know Hartenbauer from AAW as well as Zawa Live, via a disqualification when Mitchell pulled the old Eddie Guerrero trick, pretending he got knocked out with a cane. And then we have the fourth ball women's championship. And now this is interesting because Raven Radix was looking for an opponent, a mystery opponent. And Raven Radix and Val Malone come out to the ring and Val Malone turns on Raven Radix. She ended up being the mystery opponent. And then she won the title after a shot with a Singapore cane. And then we had Marman defeating Connor Hopkins pinning him while holding his tights. The fourth wall golden jackets, better known as their tag team championships, but they're not belts. You get gold jackets, which I just think is very interesting. And your new fourth wall tag team champions and bearers and wearers of the golden jackets, the maidens of iron, Stacy shadows and Melanie Cruz defeat the Milwaukee stretching crew of shooter Marciano and Drake Daniels to win those titles. This past weekend in Chicago, Friday night, July the 8th, and Saturday night, July the 9th, Maria Canellis's brand new women's wrestling army had a series of tapings coming up for their shows at the Logan Square Auditorium. And one note from this weekend's programming there, tons of tweets going out lauding the match between Janai Kai and Queen Amanada. And from all accounts, this was a great couple of shows, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So stay tuned for Women's Wrestling Army and catch that when they start streaming very soon. Saturday night, July the 9th, Northland Pro Wrestling presented and Justice for None at the VFW Hall in Woodstock. Northland Pro Champion Cody James defeats the all-heel wrestling Midwestern champion, Vic Capri. Now, this was a title-for-title match where the winner takes all. So that means Cody James not only retains the Northland Pro Championship, he also wins the all-heel Midwestern Championship from the ice pick, Vic Capri. Truth be told, I'm expecting a rematch sometime soon down the line. Hell of a match between these two athletes. And then also, one more note, Saturday night, July the 9th, ARW presented Summer Games at Lake Station, Indiana. And we have a new ARW Pro Indiana State Champion. It's B.O.W. 
He defeats Ivan Manson, making Ivan Manson tap out for the first time in 29 years. Now, this was a dog collar submission match, and this is a huge deal for BOW to get a submission out of Ivan Manson. Moving on to upcoming events, starting with some of the bigger hits, Thursday, July the 14th, Eagle Pro Wrestling returns following Windy City Thunderbolts Baseball at Ozinga Field in Crestwood, featuring the White Castle Bold Move Championship match between Chico Suave against challenging Joe Alonzo. That should be a whole lot of fun. A couple of great guys. Robert Anthony does a great job with Eagle Pro in addition to Berwyn Championship Wrestling. Also, Thursday night, July the 14th, if you're out in the Northwest suburbs, there is a Kurt Angle meet and greet at the Schaumburg Boomers Pro Wrestling Night. That's at Wintrust Field in Schaumburg. That game starts at 6.30. I'm sure you could probably catch Kurt beforehand as well, so I would advise getting there early. And if people remember, Wintrust Field over in Schaumburg was where they had the big AEW versus Pro Wrestling Tees softball game a couple of years ago. So if people aren't familiar with that stadium from baseball, at least maybe through the wrestling special event that was there a couple of years ago, that people do remember it. Friday night, July the 15th, AAW Pro presents the Independence at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park. 7.30 bell time on Fight TV if you can't make it out. There will also be in a live taping beforehand, and those are always fun. And the matches announced so far. We have the AAW Championship. Matt Fitchett defends against the winner of Manders against Fred Yehi. And that match will take place earlier in the evening. So very interesting there to see who comes out of that. Fred Yehi, a former AAW champion, and Manders might be hungry to win that title for the first time. AAW Women's Championship, Christy Janes defends against the up-and-coming rising star, Heather Reckless, who earned the number one contendership at the show last month, and now she looks to add to her belt collection, where she's also the CSW Women's Champion. AAW Tag Team Titles, Ace Perry and Hammerstone defend against ACH and frontman Jossie. The most marketable Richard Holiday takes on the big boy Gnarls Garvin. That should be a pretty interesting clash of styles there. And then there's a four-way women's match, which should be dynamite. Billy Starks making her AAW debut. And again, as I mentioned recently on a Windy City Slam podcast a couple weeks ago, I can now announce the date. Billy Starks will be on our program for Windy City Slam podcast. She will be on the episode that drops July the 26th. So very excited to bring Billy Starks aboard for a special interview on Windy City Slam podcast in just a couple of weeks. And Billy Starks will be facing Sierra, Vert Vixen, and Lady Frost. That should be a red-hot four-way women's match. Go check out AAW Pro. If you're on the south side, south suburbs, 115 Bourbon Street is a really cool venue. Also, Friday night, July the 15th, Chicago Style Wrestling presents In the Heat of the Night. And it's kind of an aptly titled show because this show is red hot. And this will be at the American Legion over in Franklin Park, 
7.30 bell time. The announced matches include the ice pick Vic Capri against a guy who could be his clone, Davey Richards. Now, this is going to be an amazing technical match. And if you don't have tickets for this one, you better get them quick because this is going to be awesome. CSW Metro Division Championship Superstar Steve Boz defends against career killer Chris Miller. Jax Johnson faces Carter Gray in Carter Gray's CSW debut. Six-person tag, and this should be an electric match. CSW Tag Team Champions, the Dope Kings, Brew Baker and CJ Esparza, teaming up with former CSW Women's Champion and AEW star Sky Blue, taking on the threesome of Eric Schultz, attorney at law, the Polish powerhouse Mario Pardua, and Shelly the Bombshell. Big Hoss three-way match. Cody James takes on Marche Rocket and Cypher. That should be amazing. In her CSW debut, Team Ambition's Tootie Lynn takes on Adam Stallion. And one other note, the B&B Army, that's Conan Lycan, Solomon Tupu, Jay Marston, and Shane Boucher are barred from this show per edict of CSW General Manager Steve Arendt. Now, we'll see if they follow that edict and be good and play nice, or will they still sneak in and make an attack? I guess your guess is as good as mine, and we'll see. Also, Saturday night, July the 16th, Pow Entertainment presents Saturday Night Fights over at the T-Wood Bar and Grill in Wooddale, 8 o'clock bell. We have the POW champion Scott Spade with Tiny in his corner taking on Moondog Murray. And then we have the previously announced Mateo Valentine versus Kazile match. Recent Windy City Slam podcast guest, it's your boy, Mason Perks, takes on Masked Marauder. Meathooks O'Bannon faces Tommy McCobb. Jimmy Blaze against Stylin' Shane Eaton. And JPH will take on a mystery opponent. Other events on the docket for the weekend, ICW Milwaukee presents All-American Violence at the Bar in West Allis on Friday night. Saturday night, we have an MLW television taping at Cicero Stadium. That should be pretty electric. Also Saturday night, July the 16th, if you go north of the border, we have Bruce City Wrestling presenting Mind Games at the Waukesha Elks Lodge in Waukesha. And, and as discussed last week on the Windy City Slam podcast with guest Chaz Moretti. The Midwest Wrestling Reunion comes to Barbecued Productions in Lake Zurich, Illinois. It's an award ceremony. It's a meeting of all the old men and women and a lot of current wrestlers as well from Midwest territories. Lots of folks from the Chicagoland area will be there. And that goes from noon to three o'clock at Barbecue Productions in Lake Zurich, Sunday, July the 17th. It's the Midwest Wrestling Reunion. All right, coming up after the break, the freelance world champion, the freelance underground independent champion, Storm Grayson. Stay tuned. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. 
Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. All right, back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. So very excited to have this guy on, first-time guest. He's a ghost I've been chasing for a while for the show. (laughs) He's a terrific guy. He's become one of the best wrestlers in the Chicagoland area over the last couple of years. He is the new freelance world champion and the freelance underground independent champion, Storm Grayson. Storm, welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thank you for having me. Thanks for the intro as well. That was flattering. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. So honored to have you on the show. You've been a guy I've been watching very closely the last couple of years with some of the things that you've done, the accomplishments, some of the opponents that you've wrestled. And you're just on top of your game, in my opinion, right now. You're just hitting your prime. And we have a lot of good things to talk about. And by the way, congratulations on defeating Robert Eagle Anthony at the last (laughs) freelance show the best big freelance show at Logan Square Auditorium to become the freelance world champion. Thank you. Thank you. Now, what was that experience like for you to have that match in front of that hot crowd? Your girlfriend was there too. Uh, The the whole moment that just the adrenaline rush, all that kind of came over you at the end there. What was all of that, all of those emotions like for you? It was overwhelming in a good way, but it, it was genuinely overwhelming. Uh, Like you said, all the elements involved, the fact that it was freelance, the fact that it was the biggest freelance show of the year, the fact that it was the main event. Going into quarantine, I was selling tickets and merch at the table. So that's something I was chasing. And I mean, if you want to go back even farther than that, I flyered for the first freelance wrestling show. I was leaving flyers to the first freelance wrestling show on on chairs in the five-star swap mart. So (laughs) it, uh, it was a genuinely cool thing that I've been chasing for a really long time. That was my first world title, my first uh, title. Though the, I do have the independent title, which something else I'm sure we'll touch on. It's also very sentimental to me, something else I've chased. I am a product of like the underground, like freelance system. So, and uh, before it was even the Freelance Wrestling Academy. So it was definitely uh, a career mark for me. And on a personal level, something I've been chasing for the last nine years that I've been doing this. So. Uh, everything coming together with as much of a jerk as he can be. Robert Anthony being one of my trainers, someone outside of the personality I look up to as a, as a wrestler, was, uh, it was a very, very cool moment for me. Now, looking back a couple of years compared to now, uh, your body is leaner. You're, you're, in fact, you're really chiseled right now. And you're just so crisp in the ring with what you do. And I learned last year, I believe I was talking to Two Juice on this very program. And he mentioned that you're a vegan and that vegan diet just did a whole lot of good stuff for you. So was that one of the things that was instrumental to you to kind of transforming yourself? Uh, no, so actually, believe it or not, I've been vegan since I was 15. Oh, okay. So like, even like, like all the phases of like, my body, the more out of shape ones than others, like there's been a lot of trial and error, especially through some surgeries in there. Like that was, I was vegan through it all. It was just, like I touched on going to COVID, really having nothing going on in wrestling and 
got to a point where I just had time to like figure stuff out. I had time to genuinely like bulk for the first time. I didn't have to be shirtless for however many months it was when, when I was in wrestling. So I, I got to a point where like, don't want to touch on them necessarily, but on a personal level, I wasn't really in a good spot. And I was just like, well, I have two options. I can sit here and feel sorry for myself or I can try to leave nothing left in the tank and have nobody, no, no, no excuses left. Right. So it was something I was just like, first thing I was going to do, I was going to get bigger. And I, that was something I wanted to do for a while. That's hard to do when you, when you have to be shirtless on a regular basis, uh, especially because people who don't work out don't necessarily get it all the time. They just kind of think you're getting lazy because you're gaining weight. But uh, I, I wanted to get bigger. I really cleaned things up. I got extra strict with it. And I basically healthy or not cut off everything, but wrestling and, the gym it was just when I couldn't wrestle it was just I was working out multiple times a day I was having my meals and I was just watching wrestling and I was like when I when I wanted to be a new person when I came when we came out of lockdown and I think for the most part I kind of did that and that's what made that journey so special to talk about last month was because I it, it proved that the stress I put myself through that shutting out a personal life all that stuff was worth it and then I think I think that was the biggest key more so than dietary anything was just like the mindset shift of I'm all in I'm no more I don't want to have any more excuses yeah was there anybody else that kind of like helped you along on this moment or was it just kind of like a, a something that came to yourself it's like oh you know let me just do something more productive during COVID to make myself better it's definitely a combination because you're obviously never going to accomplish anything on your own right as, as much as our egos would like to tell us we can like we can um and so it was definitely a personal decision because i was at a personal point in my life where i was like it's now or never i was like i i, I had been doing this for five six years and it's been a long time since we went to the lockdown uh it was somewhere around there and i was like i have nothing to show for this because i mean i had the amount of people i've met in the last year who've seen me on freelance shows or AEW shows warrior shows like, oh, how long have you been wrestling? I'm like, nine years. They're like, never heard of you before this year. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> But uh, so it was definitely a point where I was like, I don't want to be doing nothing and feeling this way about wrestling forever. I was like, I'm either going to give it everything I have and make something of it or do something cool and have fun doing it, or I'm going to burn out trying and then it is what it is. And I gave it everything I had. And so far, it seems like I'm getting cooler opportunities that I never dreamt I would have had. So, I mean the AEW stuff the wwe stuff like and i know those like it's easy to overlook those when you're chasing something more than a one-off appearance but those are things i never thought as a kid i'd be doing right so uh it, it, the, the the decision to get started was definitely something that came uh internally mm -hmm. but there were a lot of people and i don't want to credit him too much with things right now but that's when i started training with rob too and he had a lot of advice that really like set me on the right path about just you know, just bitterness to being frustrated. You see all these people get pass you by, right? Or like you after you, the longer you do this, the more people pass you by, and that's that's fine. And he made me realize like that's never if it was your spot, you would have it. There's no point in ever being jealous or bitter of someone else's spot. And it's just and that if you're not this, this 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 business is not designed to make it. If you make it awesome, but like, if not, the only thing you have to show for it is just that you had fun doing it and you cared about it. And so coming out of that, I just wanted to have fun wrestling for the first time in a long time, not chasing anything, not chasing opportunity, just having fun. And that br brought more opportunity than anything. And I, I, I 
like I said, hate crediting them as much as I am right now, <laughs> especially ahead of next month. But uh, he definitely played a huge part in it, whether he realizes it or not. And you've been working so hard. And you also had some injuries earlier in your career that kind of yeah. sidelined you a little bit and kind of slowed that process down. But once you kind of got past that, I mean, the sky was the limit for you and you just kind of broke through that glass ceiling. I'd like to think so. And that was, that was the biggest thing. Like, I'm not going to like say who it was because I don't want to, don't want to put him on blast. He's, he's been very helpful and genuine to me at other times. It was a very well-known like talent who he, 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 even, he told me once he was like, after my second surgery, he's like, maybe your body's just not meant for this. And like, it's hard not to get in your head about that stuff, especially when they're so close together. The injuries when you're so young, you're like, is this all I'm ever going to do? It's just, what's the point is coming back and getting hurt. But like, I didn't want to do anything else in my life. So <laughs> I was like, I had to come back and find a way. And so far I've been lucky enough to be healthy. Uh, you get banged up. It's wrestling, but I've avoided surgeries the last couple of years now. And I feel like I'm in a good place. My body feels good. I'm finally starting to look better and look, look the way I want to look, look like the wrestler I want to look like. So uh, I, there are definitely setbacks, but I definitely think I grew through them more than anything. And I know it's a cliche, but you got to take something out of it, right? Now let's uh, rewind a little bit. When you started out like eight, nine years ago, you were this skinny kid in a mask known as Ray Furia in Gaul. <laughs> now, how did you get into this wonderful world we call pro wrestling? And where did you end up starting your training? Okay, so I started training in 2013. I'm the same old story, lifelong wrestling fan. My, my grandpa was a huge wrestling fan. My mom was a huge wrestling fan. It just got passed on to me. As long as, since I could talk, I was telling people I was going to be a wrestler. And uh, I grew up in the Allstate Arena, Rosemont Horizon. <laughs> I, uh, it's all I've ever wanted to do, all I've ever told people I was going to do. And it was one of those things you just, you had to grow out of it or you don't. And I didn't. Uh, so when I turned 18, I trained at the closest school I could find, which was, uh, well, at the time that I was under the Vanguard banner, which they were running in Addison, but they were running with Bryce as part of his school. And it was all under him in the, the five-star swap mark in Villa Park, the galley arena. So I started training there in 2013. That's where I got the Lucha training as well. And that's where I, the mask was given to me as well. And it was honestly supposed to be something that was just give me a couple matches where people didn't see my face. We had other plans in mind, never planned on wearing a mask and it just started working. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. It was, I was terrible, but people started to get behind it enough that they're like, let's just run with this. And it ended up going for about two years before I finally removed the mask before it finally ran its course. And I was like, I need to do something new. It's a, it's a quick version. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Looking back at some of your old matches, like through cagematch.com, <laughs> actually were a tag team with Pat Monix as the super tough dudes. Now, what was that like? It was a lot of fun. It was very brief, though. And that was one of the things that uh, I think I ended up having my first surgery then uh, on my shoulder because, but it, but it was cool because we trained together at the time. And so whenever you train with someone like, there's an element to that that you that you just can't recreate it. It's like, it's like uh, the, the 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 things you go through, the frustration, everything. So it was cool to team with someone I trained with. Before that, I'd only had one like permanent tag partner, which was uh, Furia Roja when I was under the mask, and 
which was a lot of fun, but, but it's different when you, when you train with someone and you're at like the same point in your careers of just trying to get your, trying to get your feet wet. So it was a short lived experience, but it was definitely, and it was also a huge learning experience because that was like my first time out from the mask. Like I had to learn, it was a lot easier playing off of another person than it was trying to learn to be, because I had no idea who I was when I took that mask off. Like <laughs> I, I had to find who Storm Grayson was. And that was a lot easier to find when you're working with another person or you're working in a tag team setting. Moving on, you've had all this hard work pay off finally. You had an appearance with WWE for the main event show against Veer Mahan before <laughs> Veer came to Raw finally after WrestleMania. And then you've also had some appearances on AEW Dark as Trenton Storm. So what was it like to be in that atmosphere with all the TV cameras and all the, the bigger crowds and all that? It was surreal. Uh, the, the, the first one was back in November for AEW at uh, the now arena i believe yep. uh, against jay lethal and once again someone i'd watched for a long time which that experience alone on any show would be cool but it was almost overstimulating like like hearing that music play seeing the people it was just it was almost like just a blur of you know, i couldn't see faces anything it was just like i gotta get through this the amount of pressure i was putting on myself i was like i just gotta do this it, it was one of those things where it was more fun once it was over where i was like i just want to get through this and then be glad it happened after and like you try to soak it in, but it it happens so fast, and it was such a blur. It was the first time ever being in an arena. It, it was amazing. It, it was nothing short of that. And then you fast forward a little, and I ended up getting to do that that the match on main event for WWE, and like that was the one that one I got a chance to soak it in because I was like, okay, I've been in front of an arena now. I was like, you know what to expect. Soak it in. And so they they actually I, I got to go out there a little earlier while they were doing the intro and I was waiting by the timekeeper and that's when I tried to look around and soak everything in. And that was, that one hit a little different and it's got nothing to do with one company or the other. I would obviously love to be a part of either, <laughs> but they, they, there was no AEW when I was four years old. Right. So while, while that would be a dream job now that, that wasn't, that's not the thing I told all my friends in school that I was going to be doing. Right. And so that was a very cool moment where I was like, if, if I never do another thing in wrestling, for one night only, I did exactly what I said I was going to do since I could talk. <laughs> and so it was just a very full, it, it was an everything was worth it moment. I mean, obviously it's it's hard going back to reality once you're done with it, but that was definitely a, if nothing else for one night, everything we went through for wrestling, everything I've ever gone through to pursue, this was worth it. So, and then I could say I did it. If, if nothing else, I mean, love to do it again, but it was... It was definitely surreal. And then getting to go to Orlando recently to do the match there, that was a really cool experience because that was something that completely, that was a completely new experience. That wasn't something that I'd done before. It's one thing to show up for extra, for extra work to an arena and you get selected. It's, it's cool. But it was a, I definitely felt like I was out of my element. I was it's in a new area. It was nerve wracking. It was scary. And, but that's, those are the kind of things that, that, that shape you getting out of your comfort zone and that was far beyond my comfort zone yeah my next question for you is this how do you get quote discovered for something like that is it just talent scouts or like people working with those companies kind of keeping your eyes their eyes out on you like on independence talent is it word of mouth from people that may you may have worked with at the indie level or is it something else uh i think well, it's a combination of everything i i'm at a point where like people aren't necessarily 
while I'm doing cool things in Chicago, I'm just starting now to have fun and do cool things and getting these cool opportunities where it's not, I'm not at the level yet where people are necessarily pursuing me, right? And that's obviously the goal. But uh, as, as far as uh, AEW, the first person who helped me get, in, get my foot in the door uh, was Rob, once again. So he was the one who helped me out there. And then he's under the mindset of, okay, I helped you out. I got your foot in the door. Now you're on your own. And the, the same thing, that was the same case with WWE. It was Ali who helped me out the first time, second time. <laughs> and then after that, it was like, you got to figure it out for yourself. At a certain point, you got to take the next step on your own. Like you can't have your hand held. And luckily enough, one of my first times at WWE, Jason Ayers was nice enough to give me the advice that you have to be respectfully annoying. Like you can't be afraid to annoy people. And so I started bugging Pat Buck more. And I would constantly bug him. And like, I, I, I'm sure I drove him crazy at times. He's always been very, very nice and helpful to me. Uh, even at AEW now, he's very helpful when I went down to Orlando. But uh, he was the one who ended up, I annoyed him enough. And I was around enough that when the time came and they needed someone for Veer, he was, he was the one who, who recommended me to get the opportunity. And, and it went well. I got good feedback on it. And then there was the same case with, AW once Rob got my foot in the door, I just kept annoying Sean Dean and I still continue to annoy him and I'm sure he's sick of me at times, but, and I try to back off if I feel like I'm being annoying, but Jason Ayers told me you got to be respectfully annoying. And so, and I think that's some of the best advice I've ever been given because if you're not, you're going to be forgotten. No one, especially when no one knows who you are, unless you're constantly there when they turn around, they're going to forget you the moment they look away. You mentioned Ali, and you have a little bit of a resemblance to him as well. Uh, what's it like? I think he was back in town not that long ago during his hiatus from WWE. And you, I think you got a chance to roll around with him a little bit, correct? Yeah, it's really, really cool now. And, and it's not just, I mean, obviously the aspect of what he's doing with his career, what he's done, he made it, he's doing it, right? And that's awesome. But I met Ali my second week of training. Uh, and I was terrified of him. Like he didn't even. And it's funny we joke about it now, but like he called me Spider because he didn't even know my name. He was like, "It's something, it's something weird with an S, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, Spider." And I was like, "Okay." I wasn't gonna correct him. <laughs> and so like I've known him since I started, and and I still ha- and I had no idea what I was. I, I mean, I still don't have any idea what I'm doing, but I had even less of an idea what I was doing at the time he first got signed. And so like him or guys like that's again don't wanna too much credit but like guys like gpa uh guys like that guys who i've known since i started and who were holding my hand met nicks all together holding my hand through matches trying to help me through training it's there's some validation to be like hey i didn't quit and i'm not as terrible now like hearing positive getting to roll around with him and him giving me positive feedback and then that was the validating very feel good full circle moment for me and then there's the obvious aspect of the knowledge he has and how good he is it's impossible not to get better training with him everything he says i'm gonna like i'm gonna take those critiques to heart right he knows what he's talking about but there was also a personal level of just it was just cool to do be like hey man i've grown since i last saw you look (laughs) so you've been all over the place in the chicago area starting out in golly a bit freelance freelance underground a little bit with AAW, a little bit with Warrior. Obviously, Zello Pro, you had some good stuff with them as well. Black Art Battalion, and now you're kind of moving up the ranks there a little bit as well. Tell me a little bit about 
your warrior wrestling experience. And you've just got announced for their next show for the first uh, outdoor show of the summer for them. So yeah. what's it been like working for warrior wrestling? It's really, really cool. But it's once again, those things where it's out of my comfort zone and not because it, it's not one show compared to anything else, but it's not underground freelance underground freelance those are my home promotions it's the same thing now when i go to a place like warrior aaw i'm i'm in a new element i'm out of my comfort zone i'm not at my home promotions and i think that's been the biggest thing especially there's a lot of a lot of overwhelmingly intimidating talent on the warrior shows <laughs> a lot of people who are doing exactly what i want to do with my life so it, it's been a cool experience i've only had two matches for them so far I'm really excited for the summer because, I mean, I helped out at these these stadium series shows. Once again, I was trying to get on these. And I, I'm at a point now where I'm just trying not to think about it too much because I will, I am nervous about it. I'll be honest. I'm more nervous for these than I've been, a, I've been for a lot of stuff in a long time. And the only thing I can think of that I was just nervous for was the match last month of freelance against Rob. So I'm trying not to think about it, get too ahead of myself. But but it's definitely something that that is going to be a challenge. These are some of the toughest challenges I've ever had in wrestling. But I mean, that's the fun part too. Uh, it is intimidating, though. So, what is the next step for you? And I know I've been kind of watching this journey over the last couple of years, especially. And I've been one of your biggest advocates in mm -hmm. terms of you making a big jump at some point very soon, like a WWE slash NXT, like an AEW, mm -hmm. or even an Impact. Has anyone from any of those companies kicked the tires on you at all? No, no. <laughs> I, I've had some really cool opportunities. I've had some really good conversations with people that, like I said, the, the, the respectfully annoying thing. I've definitely bothered people in charge of there, but only to a point of this is who I am. I plan on being in front of you every chance I get. And like, obviously, you're not always used, but like for the, the WWE extra work, like February through March, I was there like, uh, and there was, there was like a couple months stretch where the most I was not there was like every other week because they're in the Midwest a lot. And I was, I had annoyed Pat Buck enough to be like, hey, uh, I'm willing to do these Midwest drives. That's, I understand. Obviously, I can't make it to California or something on a Monday night and get back to work. But I was going to the, I was going to Raw and then driving straight back overnight to get to work. And I was like, and I think people see that. They may get annoyed of seeing you, but there's a part of them too that knows what it's like. And they were in your shoes once. So, uh, but outside of that, I've had good conversations. I've had a lot of good feedback, but nothing, nothing in that regard. But as far as next steps go, that, that, that's the dream, right? I want to do this full time. I don't want to have to say I had to be back in time for work. I want to be like, I was at work. I was the rest. But I think the biggest step for me right now is I want to travel more for sure, but it's just, it's really, really hard. And this is like a thing that every wrestler runs into and it was something I was very guilty of. It's really hard not to fall in the trap of overlooking everything you're doing. Like I just did something I've been chasing, I've been chasing since the first freelance show, like winning that the championship, the freelance world title. And like the, the, I, there's already elements of me like, okay, what's next? What's next? Like it's not enough, right? It's, it's never going to be enough till you get what you want. And even then it's probably not going to be enough. That's what keeps you driven. But I'm really trying to soak things in and enjoy them, especially because I do because I, I do look back at everything and I realize like in the grand scheme of things, sure, I've had really cool opportunities this year, but and I'm really just getting started. But like I got to remember that the seven years prior to this, I did nothing. I wrestled a couple of shows near my house. If I was fortunate enough for them to have a spot for me, 
or if I could weasel my way onto a show through setting up. And I'm really trying not to take things for granted. The fact that I'm even on freelance and a couple of years ago, I wasn't getting that opportunity. It's, it's very, very cool. I think that's the biggest thing for me right now that I'm fighting with. I just want to like, I just want to have fun doing these things. So I think that's when you get more opportunities when you're enjoying something, you're grateful for them. Like people see your attitude, people see that you want to be there. And if you're not having fun wrestling, no one's going to have fun watching you. Just over the past few months or so, you've had some amazing opponents in this run that you've had. Jake something just recently at the Emporium Arcade mm-hmm. Bar. You've wrestled GPA numerous times, and he's a guy you know, toward the top. Robert Ego Anthony's a guy toward the top of Chicago. Uh, you've Alex Zane was a guy that you fought at Warrior Wrestling. And uh, Brian Keith. You actually had a shot at his new Texas pro title. And now he's actually come into freelance and won the legacy championship. So what's it like wrestling these type of opponents and who has been your favorite opponent? No, I've had some really, really cool experiences. I mean, another guy I got to wrestle was drama King and he's been one of the most helpful people. Like I bother him every chance I get at shows whenever I see him. I bother James constantly. So I mean, cause I want to wrestle him again. As that was someone I definitely looked up to in his style and the way he could make something out of anything he was given. And, uh, and so there's someone I highly respected. He was, really, uh, he was one of the first ones to really get an opportunity to roll around with, which was really cool. Um, and I had that match with Brian Keith. And uh, I, I don't know if it makes the end of the, free, the last freelance show or the last Logan freelance show, but when... And they were out there around the ring while I was celebrating. I walked up to him and I hugged him and I just, I told him this is because of you. Like that's genuinely what I told him. And then I talked to him more about it later. And like, I don't know if he realizes how genuine I meant that, but that was the match that allowed freelance to give me more opportunities or like caused freelance to give, give me the ball and let me try to run with it. And, and, and if it wasn't for that match, I don't know what would have happened. I would have probably, I mean, I would have been sure still getting cool opportunities. Right. But, and, and I was very much out of my comfort zone wrestling him. He's so good. <laughs> I, I, don't, I know people know he's good, but I don't think they realize how good he is. He might be my favorite independent wrestler. I did just as a fan. He's so good. And uh, it was a huge learning experience from him. And, and I'm glad to see him traveling over and doing really cool things because he is that good. And he's that nice of a guy too. But if it wasn't for that match, I wouldn't have gotten the, the level of other opportunities I got at Freelance. I'm very grateful to him for that. Uh, wrestling rob was a personal one because he was one of the people who helped me find this new version of myself as an in-ring wrestler he was the one who helped me work on all the little things that people don't teach you until you're ready or that a lot of people just don't focus on especially when you're young there are a lot of things you learn as you get older as your body starts to go from experience but he he saw my desire to want to learn those little things now in my 20s and so and he he's never stopped me from annoying him i constantly bother him uh, talk a little less now these days, obviously, but but I, I would constantly text him. I'd ask him to watch promos, matches, everything, and he'd work on me with the little things. Him and I got a, the chance to wrestle a few times uh, the summer. Like we wrestled, we wrestled each other for the legacy title, actually on the Secret Stash show. That was my first real opportunity with cool opportunity with freelance. So that was a very very special match to me. And also, I know how good he is. I think. As much as I hate to admit it, everyone knows how good he is. That's why he was double champ for as long as he was. Yep. Uh, Alex Zane, another personal one who dude's amazing. Dude's a superhero. He's, he's 
he's not a, he, he's not a real person, but again, on a personal level, him and I had wanted to have that match for a very long time. It was cool to get the opportunity to do. I've had the opportunity to wrestle with very cool opportunity. I've had the opportunity to wrestle a lot of really cool people, the people who made me better. And uh, Cody Lane's another one. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good he is. And he was another person who really helped me learn. I stole a lot of stuff from that match that I use every match after. And I think I've had the chance to tell him that, but it's just been a run of every, every one of these matches, Jordan Oliver. Uh, it's been, it's been learning experiences and being able to prove that I can hang with these guys that are good. Cause no one's going to think you can hang until you do it. It doesn't matter how much you believe you can until you prove that you can. So uh, it's definitely been <laughs> the most fun I've ever had wrestling. Uh, but not even just as a wrestler, just as a student of my craft, like <laughs> wrestling these guys and learning from them has been amazing. All right. Uh, before we let you go, I want to go ahead and ask you about your social media, whatever merchandise you might have, and any upcoming shows you want to share with us. Instagram and Twitter, both at PW. Very simple. That's where you're going to find all my matches, all my upcoming shows. Uh, I will be, like you said, at Warrior on the July 23rd. And I think as of last night, it was announced that August 5th, uh, myself and Robert Anthony for the rematch with, I made mention of it at the forum, I will be bringing uh, Mick Foley with me to even the odds as a special guest referee since Frank wants to keep getting involved in everything. So, and a quick fun fact about that, sitting in, what at the time was the Rosemont Horizon, three, four years old, my first ever wrestling shirt and action figure were both to where dude love and mankind. So it's again, a very, very cool full circle moment for me. So that's full circle as you can get. That's a literal dream come true. So August 5th is that. Those are the main two big shows I have coming up that I'm very, very excited for. Should also plug uh, next Saturday, actually, uh, Wrestling for a Cure in Springfield, Illinois. Very, very good cause. I will be there as will be the bang bros uh representing freelance and uh the proceeds from that show uh it was all part of a fundraiser for saint jude so uh, I'd, I'd be remiss if i didn't plug something for such a good cause all right storm thank you very much for joining us this week it's been a pleasure and we hope to talk to you again down the line thank you so much Fantastic conversation with Storm Grayson. Hell of a guy. and So cool to kind of get to know him a little bit more over the past couple of weeks as we chatted a little bit over at Freelance Underground and Joliet. And now he's been a guest on our show. And I love the fact that he made time for us. He's one of the biggest rising stars in our area today. And I've said it many times, I will not be surprised to see him as a fixture on WWE or NXT or AEW at some point very, very soon. All right, we have been cooking with the guests, and next week will be no exception, and then the week after that will be awesome too, and then we're hoping to continue the role even after that. But next week, right here, we'll preview big shows from Warrior Wrestling and Second Wrestling. We'll recap a lot of that big-time action from this coming weekend. Plus, we welcome back to the show, returning from last year, and we'll have a ton to talk about. He is none other than the diabolical Frank the Clown. 
and he'll be right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.